Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 2. I almost went home after last night and made my Facebook religion status the colors of the wind lyrics. Like when I ask what your religion is, like pretty much everything I believe in life is in colors of the wind. So just break down these lyrics and you've got my religion. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Welcome to Wine and Shine podcast with Nina and Liz. This is episode two. And today we're gonna talk about the book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. It is wonderful. I loved the book. It loved, was loved, loved. pretty amazing. Um, we're also going to tell you a funny story about this, this entire episode, episode. <laughs> which I guess we could do now. Yeah. So um, we actually got together last night and recorded for an amazing two hours um, about this book. And we had some really organic, like, just really great stuff. Really great conversation. And we felt awesome about it. Um, we did our wine review. Shout out to Echo Domani Pinot Grigio. Mm-hmm. We rated you three stars. Um, <laughs> you smelled a little rancid. We did thought, think that you smelled a little rancid. Um, <laughs> but as far as like a Pinot Grigio goes, you were you were basic. You were right where you needed to be. I don't know. I mean, you were also 10... I, It was a little bit more because I bought the limited edition cute polka dot wine. Yeah, and we talked about how we based we based wine decisions on bottle attractiveness. Yes, so which is still which is true. And tip to you, wine marketers, make your bottle cute because I will pick it up and buy it. Um, But yeah, so we had this whole conversation and we're feeling really good about it. And then at the end, we looked at the recorder. And it wasn't recording. It had actually stopped after 34 minutes. And I believe we were up here for two and a half hours talking. It's kind of like that feeling you get when you're on the phone and you're talking to someone and and you realize that they've <laughs> hung up or like you've gotten disconnected and you feel so stupid. So but that, you got to sh- I got to share that with you. But. I know. It, is, it was an experience. But I know exactly what you mean, where you're like getting really passionate about talking to whoever you're, <laughs> you're talking like, on the why phone. And you're like, why aren't they saying anything? Like, hello? Hey, Hello? God, do I have to repeat that whole conversation? And you're like, how long was I doing this for? And you never know. Well, we, we were know. doing it for only 34 minutes and the rest of it was out the window. So this is um, our take two. We still really wanted to discuss the topics that we had gone over last night just because it was so, it was very therapeutic for both of us. And not to mention, we were doing that until like midnight. We were. We were, we were up so late. We burned the midnight oil mm-hmm. slaving on this great podcast. And well, nope. you know, Thinking on the bright side. Um, so we walked out the door and it was sprinkling. We were, we went for a run. We're like, we're going to come record today. And we're going to go for a nice little run. It's about like what? 10, 15? No, like 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And we stepped outside and we're like, oh, it's a little rain. Like it'll be refreshing. Refreshing, she said. It <laughs> <laughs> was actually like, and quote, you know, we think it's going to stop soon. I did. I was like, it's... Because you could see blue. You could. I was like, Look, clear skies ahead. This is nothing. Well, we did two miles in a thunderstorm, I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh. And my favorite part of the whole story is there was this gigantic truck that just sprayed us. We were 
sopping wet, yeah. like dripping. You can I, look at it on Instagram. Yes, we did it's post a, a lovely visual. picture. So instead of wine, we, well, we changed into these lovely outfits. Yes. Actually, first, we're, we ate almond butter mm-hmm. in towels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just almond butter and towels. We needed what are our protein do? after the run. And then we head, head over to Starbucks. Went to Starbucks. So we're going to review this chai tea latte. Yes. Is wonderful. Yeah. So you're drinking a tall chai tea. I am. I was going to get some kind of milk substitute, like almond milk, but I couldn't remember if they pre-made their tea or their chai and it was like you couldn't make it. No, I think you can because I asked that last time actually and they were going to do it for me. Well, now I just have this whole milk. It's only 190. Sorry, I'm not watching calories. We're trying to not watch calories. Trying. I looked at it though. I saw the number on the sign. You know. But anyway, regardless. Anyway, so I'm drinking a venti peach tea, right? Is that what this is? Peach tranquility. Is what it's called. Do you feel tranquil? I do. No, it's really good. I'm really into tea lately because I feel like I've been trying to cut down the coffee because I feel like if I have too much caffeine, I'm already sort of like a hyperactive person. So if I have too much caffeine, I feel like my body's just like bubbling up inside. Do you, what do you put in your coffee? Um, I either drink it black or I do almond milk. Mm. I've been trying to Sometimes do more black. Sometimes coconut milk. Sometimes, but I'm not a, the biggest fan of the coconut milk at Starbucks. Yeah, it's it a little too a weird sweet taste. for me. It's a little too sweet for me. I like the almond milk the best, I think. Yeah. And I've been trying to stay away from soy because it's not really... Yeah, same. Nat- I mean, is it natural? Not really. Well, There's it's nothing just really processed. Soy, soy is just super processed. And if you have estrogen problems like I do and like hormonal imbalance, mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't done enough research on this to talk like super intelligently about it, but... I just know that it can kind of mess up or it copies estrogen or something like that. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It can kind of screw up your hormones. Yeah. As, as so I've read. But anyway, so yeah. So today we're drinking teas and coffees and uh, not wine. because No. We will say go to Vivino and look on our page. We did Wine and it. Shine podcast. We did rate it. Mm-hmm. We gave it a three. Because it smelled kind of funky. Pretty interview. Disgusting. But <laughs> it's um, a way to describe it. And then it just was kind of bland. Like you could taste the apple notes at the end. Like there was definitely some Granny Smith going on. Yeah. But it, it wasn't strong enough for my liking. I wanted it to be a little bitier. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, well, here's this Pinot Grigio. It's right. okay. Um, what's our gal? Our gal over at Vivino? Louise. Louise. Check out episode one. Um, <laughs> when we were rating the first wine... One of the ladies, like her husband, had rated the wine. And at the end of his review, he just said, Louise did not like it. I'm guessing Louise might have liked this one. If she didn't like that red, maybe she's a white girl. Maybe she's a Pinot Gris girl. Maybe she is. I personally just want to meet Louise. I want to know what she... Call us, Louise. Louise, call us up. Because I want to know what you like and what you don't like. We'll drink what Louise likes. We will. If it's Louise approved, it's Liz approved. We'll rate it here on Wine and Shine. Yeah. So let's get into this book. Yeah, so we read, as I mentioned in the beginning, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. It's a book, I think, very beneficial. I think anyone can benefit from it, but I think women have so many pressures on them that it's particularly powerful for women Mm -hmm. in a society where I think they think they need to be the perfect wife and be, you know, a great, have a great body and be great at their career and be perfect moms. And I think it, it really speaks to women particularly. so Yeah. And we don't realize all of these like obligations we put on ourselves and Mm -hmm. all of these like, I don't know, all of these like false stories we've created in our minds about how we should be. And 
then all of a sudden we start diving into it and then it all comes out. Yeah. So the book kind of like tackles some of the icky issues, I guess, head on. And she encourages people to talk about all of the uncomfortable things that we don't want to talk about. Um, And a lot of the concepts centered around shame and worthiness. So just so everyone's on the same page, I kind of want to give her definition of shame because it's not really, and we talked about this, it's not really what we thought of as shame. No, not at all. Um, I kind of thought of ashamed, I think, is what we both kind of thought, you know, being like embarrassed or, you know, feeling like you've done something wrong, but that was kind of what she said guilt was more. Yeah, like I confused shame and guilt because guilt was, is like feeling guilty for doing a behavior, Mm -hmm. right? And like shame is more inward. And And who you are. It's more like um, your own personal dialogue you have Mm -hmm. with yourself. Yeah, and so, yeah, so she says, I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. Uh, Isn't it so, I mean, not to be a buzzkill, but isn't it so depressing to think that is what every human on earth feels about themselves to some degree? When I read, like what gets me is that um, believing that we are flawed and unworthy of love. That's so sad. It is. And we all do it to ourselves at some point, you mm-hmm. know? There's some, like, situation that has happened, and we just think, like, wow, I'm so unworthy of this. Like, why did I do that? What's wrong with me? Like, yeah. And, yeah, there's the shame cycle right there. Yeah. There it starts. Yeah, so she kind of talks about this shame cycle of, you know, you feel these— you do an action that you, you know, you do something wrong in your eyes, feel shame— then get down on yourself, then feel shame for being down about yourself. Mm-hmm. Then, and it's just kind of this cycle that you have to break. And I, she gives lots of tools to do that. I do it a lot with concerts. That's when I like enter the shame cycle. I wonder if we do it when it's like in related, when it's related to something we're super, super passionate about, or when it's something that we feel like we put our entire heart and like, I think it goes with vulner- into. It has to do with vulnerability. Yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, after a concert, like, things can go super, super well. And then I go ahead and I pick, you know, a small 15-minute portion of the entire concert. And I replay it over and, in my, over and over in my head, thinking, like, you know, like, why did I do something this way? Or why did I say this in front of the mm-hmm. parents? Or did I not prep the kids well enough? Yeah. And then I just go through this whole thing. And then I get, to, I think, like, maybe I'm not good at this. You know, it's terrible, the things that my brain starts thinking. When really, in reality, I'm picking 10, 15 minutes. That out of a great concert, I'm a- sure. And no one's, I think I mentioned have mentioned you this previously, and, and I don't mean to be mean when I say it, but like, I hate to say no one cares because like, obviously the parents care and the kids are excited and You're people right, care. Yep. But no one's like sitting, no family's on their drive home. Like, can you believe Ms. Testa and her I know. inability to practice measures 41 through 49? <laughs> I know. It was nuts. And a lot of times I'll have friends that come to the concert or Cody comes to the concerts and I will say like, how did it go? And they're like, it was fine. I was like, did you hear the Sopranos? Like, and he'll be like, no, (laughs) you know, and it's true. You're more in, you know that more. And I I think that's what you have to think about. It's like, you're in it and you know so much. Half those parents don't even know what to listen for. It's so true. (laughs) And it just really brings to light the thing. Like if you really break down and get into your mind and think, what am I worrying about right now? Is this going to matter in 10 minutes? Is this going to matter in 15 minutes? Is this going to matter in a week, in a month, in a year? Absolutely freaking not. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm wasting energy. I'm just wasting positive energy dwelling on something that I could just literally go, go, "Mm, wish I could have done that better. Okay, move on. Do you see what I do is I keep... How good are you at letting things go? Because not Depends only do on what I it is. do the shame stuff in the moment, but I never deal with it. And so I reflect often back on those moments of shame. Mm-hmm. Like I have like a shame log in my head of stupid do. things I've done. Like I get down on myself about something and then I'm like, oh, yeah, it was just like that one time you did blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then the time before that when you, you know, so that doesn't help. I, do you think, you know how you said it has to deal with a vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Why do we pick and choose certain things to log in our head? Because, you know, you're right. I do it with the reason I'm so down on my concerts is because I've logged every single concert in my mind. But if I do something stupid, I don't want to say stupid, but if I do something stupid like leave my charger somewhere and can't find my charger, mm-hmm. do I get down on myself every time I can't find my charger? Most of the time I'm like, oh, shoot, lost your charger again, Nina. You're so silly. You lose everything. But I don't, I'm not like, you're an idiot. Why do you always, God, you're the worst, you know? Like, why do we pick and choose? And I think it's kind of reflective of the expectations we have of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we think we're not meeting those expectations. Like, I think when you do your concerts, like, you have an expectation of how you think it should go. And then it doesn't. And it's passion. important to me. Yeah, and you think it doesn't line up. And so you like analyze the disconnect between what you expected and what actually you think happened. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's my guess. What do you do it with? What do I do it Mm -hmm. with? What's your shame cycle? Like, what do I get ashamed about? Yeah. Um, everything, Nina. I, I get ashamed or not ashamed. I get, feel shame. I feel shame. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a shame. Um, I feel shame when I disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, like I've had an issue lately where I um, <laughs> I was coming in late pretty consistently to work because Columbus rush hour is the worst. And like, no matter how much I tried, like I'm not enough of a morning person to leave like an hour and a half early and make sure I beat it. As we had talked about previously with Clearly. setting the alarm at 5 um, But I, I kept trying, like I was leaving what I perceived to be on time. Like it takes me about, it, with no traffic, it takes me like 30 to 35 minutes to get there. So I was leaving with like 50 minutes, 50, 55. Mm-hmm. Sounds reasonable. Like it should be enough. Yeah. And it just like wasn't enough. And I was like, I my boss and I are very close and I knew I was conveying like that I wasn't the, the idea that I wasn't serious about mm-hmm. coming to work. But I mean, I was trying, it was frustrating for me because like I cared about it a lot, but like was consistently not meeting expectations. I mean, I just had to have an honest conversation and be like, this doesn't work for and me. And then you caught yourself like talking about this, sh- like talking yeah, the shame I mean, but, like, in your head. I remember when I got there was one day I got to work and it happened and she was upstairs doing something and I was and I just was like in my head I was like why can't you just wake up at 5:30 yeah. or whatever time and he's like mm-hmm. it's not and it's not like I was sleeping in and like oh no and rushing I mean like I was waking up with what should have been enough time it was just the cusp of traffic yeah no you know what kind of came to me when you were talking I feel like hashtag adulting. I feel like when we aren't living up to what we think is um, 
like society's expectations for Mm -hmm. us or like when it has to deal with our profession or when it has to deal with health or whatever it is that we feel we aren't meeting the standards of the average American girl or American in general. I think what we need to do in that situation is kind of what I did and just have honest conversations either with ourselves or Mm -hmm. whoever and say, look, like this, I mean, I know obviously in some professions, like you can't make those choices. You just have to, to find ways to deal. But I think in situations where you can kind of make the situation fit your strengths and your personality and reconfigure the expectation, I think that's a good thing. Well, she talks about what to do when you start getting into like this whole shame mm-hmm. cycle is like you need to find someone to reach out to. And she talks about the different people that you want to talk to. So, well, basically she lists off the people you don't want to talk to. Yeah. Right? You don't want to talk to the person that's going to like feed your anger. And mm-hmm. be like, you know what? You're right. Like those stupid Columbus traffic people, like everybody needs to learn how to drive. Like, you know, or you don't want to talk to the person that's going to say, man, you know, you really should get up earlier. Like, I can't believe you would do that. I yeah. can't believe you weren't, you know, getting up and setting your alarm. I can't remember off the top of my head. There was like a key person. She says, you, I think it was kind of just the person that listens. Oh yeah. Kind of more objectively, like, and is empathetic to what you're going. I mean, kind of in the way, like, I totally see why you're upset. I understand why you're feeling that shame. Like that must be hard for you. That would be, you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of helps you work through it. It helps you just throw the words out there and get it out. And is kind of neutral about the situation and helps you identify, you know, they're like, you're feeling shame right now. Like, I understand that you're feeling this way. Because the worst thing to do is like how you said, we, we create these logs, right? Mm-hmm. Is to create a log of it and never express it. And then the next time it happens, it just grows and it festers and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're like discussing these things, getting them out and trying to kind of close the book on them so that we can just move on. And she mentions like practicing almost how you would work out. But like if you're out of shape and you want to get in shape, you have to kind of work out. And in the beginning, you're mm-hmm. you're not very good and you have to push through that cycle. It's kind of the same thing with finding positivity. Like you have to deal with those negative issues and maybe you've been in a negative place for a long time and it's going to be kind of rough dealing with them at first and getting going. But ultimately then that's what leads to a more happy life. I know from experience that when I'm stuck in a negative mindset, when I'm when I'm in the negative mindset, it feels 120% impossible to get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know? But then th- but that's why we need to practice it because and talk about it. Right, because like the more cuz as soon as we're in it and we're in it deep, it's like trying to climb out of a, a gigantic hole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if we try not to fall in it as much, then we, if we do like the work beforehand to stop like getting that deep into our shame cycle, then it's not going to be that hard to get out of it. Right. We're just going to have to jump up a little rope. Just <laughs> jump up a bit. You just need a friend <laughs> to help you out. I mean, a lot of what she talked about dealt with connection. So I think that's what we're talking about is we, that's one of the tools to get us out of feeling these bad feelings is the positive energy that comes from connecting with someone Mm -hmm. on a real like human to human level. I deal with this. You deal with this. Like we're talking about it together. Because when you don't feel like you're alone. Mm -hmm. So much easier to deal. It's so much easier. Yeah. And I, 
I respond really, really well to people when they can relate and say, I know exactly what you're talking about, which getting super sentimental. That's why I like talking to you so much, Liz, because I feel like there's some people that you can talk to and they go, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand, but well, okay. And here's the thing. If they don't understand, I don't want them to fake it. Mm -hmm. Right. But, and to be empathetic and to just try and help you through whatever your issue is at the time, like never fake it. But when you can talk to somebody that's like, I completely get what you are talking about. I do it too. You are not crazy. Let's, Let's talk about how we can help each other. I think people are so fascinated, especially in today's culture with social media, of putting forth this perfect image of their life mm. that no one wants to. I think people are only willing to be empathetic to to an extent because they don't want to show that their life isn't perfect. If I admit that I have struggled with anxiety or depression or body image or whatever to you, that ruins... I lose my control. Oh yeah. Yeah. You become vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. And none of us want to feel vulnerable. And the only way we can get over these things, these issues, is if we actually like play around with our vulnerability and like dive into it and figure out why it's there. Because until we can feel vulnerable, we're never going to actually truthfully be happy. I think. I didn't really think I struggled with vulnerability until I kind of read... Same. A lot of what she said about Same. authenticity and I was like, oh, maybe I I do keep things, you know, close to the vest and don't share with people like I thought I did. I think that kind of stepping back and looking at what we're doing now, half of the reason I, I feel we've responded so well to this book is because this is what we're practicing right now. Mm-hmm. Is I think we've talked about this too, but just trying to be super authentic with our listeners and be super authentic with each other so that we can uncover some of these things and learn about ourselves and hopefully like learn from you guys. Yeah. I I like to think of this podcast is a mutually beneficial. I hope it's beneficial to people in some way, but finding value in it. uh, Yeah. We are, the audience is helping me, you know, I don't even know you yet, audience. But you're helping us. But you are helping me because I am picturing you in my mind and I'm talking to these people that I might not even know about these these feelings that I have inside, like mm-hmm. these d- deep, dark feelings that I just want to And I think it's kind of brave. I mean, I'm not like tooting our own horn, but I think to put it out there that we deal with those things, that's kind of brave. People don't want to talk about that. It's people uncomfortable. It is. But I hope, I hope that, our generation is starting to make a change. I really hope that Mm -hmm. we're starting to realize that we're not all these perfect little, you know, American children and we're all going to go to college and we're all going to have these happy lives. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But that we all have really big struggles. And it's just one of those things where it's time to stop hiding it because half of the reason I feel like we're all so hard on ourselves and we're all so, you know, anxious or depressed or whatever is because, Keeping it all inside. We have these fake realities. We think we're supposed to be a certain way and we're not. Like there's no way we can live up to what society and media has told us we need to be. Yeah, because that person doesn't exist. No. Because I mean, with any part of your life, you know, family, work, appearance, whatever it might be, the more you focus, I mean, you can try to keep it as balanced as you can, but- if you start focus, you know, like right now, if I start really, really focusing on my health mm-hmm. and throw everything into that, there, the time it takes to cook and work out to be healthy, 
that's going to take time away from my family or, I mean, maybe not substantial time, but some time. But it'll take time away from something that you are currently doing. Right. So you can't have everything firing on all cylinders at 100%. It's not doable. It's all about finding a balance. Mm -hmm. And everybody's balance is different, right? Like what it's going to make me happy isn't going to make you happy. Like maybe your balance is you need to make sure that your house is clean most of the time. And then you balance that. (laughs) And then you balance that with cooking healthy. And maybe for me, it's like, I need to balance making sure I do yoga every day. And then I need to throw in some cleaning in there. And then, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like whatever your soul needs, like you need to find that balance within yourself. I feel like I was kind of on a roll last, not last week, but the week before. And I could kind of see how everything works together when you stop trying to be perfect at 100%. Like I got my house looking phenomenal Mm -hmm. and it was just clean and I work from home. So that's very important because if it's a disaster, it impacts how I work. So I worked better and I was doing better work. So I felt better about myself. So I was taking care of my body because I felt better about myself. Like at all, if you focus on something that brings you joy, I think it it will impact the other areas kind of secondarily. Absolutely. And the thing is when you are in a state of feeling super inspired and happy and that things are going your way, it's so much easier to balance all of the other elements of your life. And deal with any bad things that come your way. Right. I think. It is. But then- something always happens, right? Like we fall off the bandwagon at some mm-hmm. point or, you know, the house gets super messy after a week. And then what do we start doing? Gosh, Negative why? self-talk. Yeah, exactly. All of this stuff. So it all comes back to the same concept. Yeah. We need to stop being so hard on ourselves. Agreed. So she does talk. I mean, and then after she kind of talks about this in the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. she gets into what we need to do and what we need to practice in order to keep kind of the shame cycle at bay. The guideposts, I think they were. The guideposts. Yeah. So um, I guess one of the, I mean, kind of going off vulnerability, um, The she talked a lot about in one of the guideposts, it was based on authenticity, which she defines as daily practicing letting go who you think you're supposed to be, as we've talked about, like this perfect housewife and businesswoman and, Mm -hmm. you know, body of an Olympic champion. What I'm supposed to be doing Um, before I turn 30. Yeah. And embracing who we are and loving ourselves for what we are. Um, Which I always wonder, I've been in this vibe lately where I'm just like, I'm going to try to focus on me and do what's best for me because if I'm not helping myself be the best version of myself, then I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good sister. I but am right there with you. Do you ever think that we're just being selfish or narcissistic? And I like, me, really, me. truthfully don't. Because I feel like there's times, you know how I said all of a sudden, well, this is what happened to me. And I'll be completely honest. This year I've dealt with the most anxiety I've ever dealt with in my entire life. And it had a combination to do with like being super fatigued and like, you know, I got married this year and I just had finished my master's degree and I had been working at two buildings. And I feel like I had not spent time thinking about myself and mm-hmm. listening to my body for so long. And then all of a sudden what you happened? Broke. Bam, I broke. And I broke hard to a point where I was like, I can't do this on my own. I need some help to figure out what's going on and to get me back to a healthy state. And um, I just learned that you need to listen to your body. You need to listen to 
like what your mind is telling you and how you're feeling. And you need to exercise and eat healthy and do all these things for you. Because in the end, was I a better um, fiance to Cody at that time? Was I a better friend to you? Absolutely not. I was in a place where I needed to help myself first. So to focus on yourself so you don't get to those places, you can be a better person, a better friend, a better wife. Yeah. Better teacher, whatever. You know what I mean? See, what I fall into is I don't want people to be disappointed in me and I don't want to hurt them. So I please them first before I take care of myself. And I have felt, I actually think I had one of your moments that you just talked about Mm -hmm. like pretty recently this, like the past, like, cause I just finished my, finished my MBA yeah, and I have a new We're job. We're kind of on the same cycle together. I mean, just like we've done different things at different times, mm-hmm. but we've been through the same sort of life, um, like challenges. Yeah. But I guess I struggle, I struggle a lot with saying no to people. You always have. It's the worst. So, do you think, well, it's because you don't want to feel vulnerable, right? Like you don't want to, or you don't want to feel that you've disappointed somebody and have that sense of like, right. I don't want them to be mad at me. I basically, and it's like the hardest realization. I actually had this realization um, a couple years ago. I read, oh, what was the book called? The Speed of Trust. And I realized in one of, I don't remember what the book said, but I had this realization in the car. I was writing and reading that I basically am a very fake person. And I, I mean... I say that very honestly right now. Like I put on a mask and act like whatever I think the person wants me to be. Which is so super exhausting. It is. We all do it to an extent. I think I do it to the extreme. But I think you're right. I think that you've learned, like you've learned to do that, to protect yourself almost from Mm -hmm. having to deal with certain confrontation. It's just easier, right? To like please somebody else and then let yourself harder because I'm- really run down, but I just tell people whatever they want to hear because that's going to cause, that's going to keep my friendships, friendships in quotations alive if I just go along. And I think we've talked about like I moved when I was eight or nine from Mm -hmm. Mississippi to Ohio and I used to be very, very truly me, which I think all kids, you know, like as a seven-year-old, I was very truly me. Like I remember I used to chase kids around the playground. Well, I played tag. <laughs> I'm just imagining a little, a little Liz, Liz just like <laughs> I would play through. tag. First of all, I would lie and say I had asthma when someone got close to tagging little. me. I was like, you can't tag me. I have asthma. It's not fair. And then they'd be like, okay. Or I would scare them by flipping my eyelids and I'd like... Then they'd run away from me. Such a cool little weird kid. I I wish I would have known you then. I embraced my. I'm your cousin told me. I know. I'm weird, and I love weird people. I'm just a little, little weird. Off, not in a bad way. Just kind of, you know, dorky. But that's good. It's personality. Yeah, you're not basic. I'm not. You're not. We're not basic. But I moved to Ohio, and I had this southern accent that was super weird to people that. We're not familiar with Southern accents. And I know like in the South, you say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. It's very formal. I did all that. And the kids were like, what are you talking about? They call like my mom in Mississippi was Miss Rose to any like kid. Right. Like Miss Rose. Um, But people up in Ohio would just be like, hey, Rose. Like kids would, like my mom told me I was not allowed to call people by their first name. I used to ask 
my friend's parents if I could call them by their first name because my mom was like, no, you call them Miss Susan or like and it's you're disrespectful. Like, kids are gonna think I'm I know. Weird. Yeah. And it was right at that age where kids were starting to get super mean and they want a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. As we've read in the book, like everyone wants the sense of belonging and they can unite around thinking someone else is weird. And it's that un- brings them together. It's unfortunate because I see it in the middle school a lot. But, I bet you, oh, but, see, that's why I couldn't teach it because it would like oh, br- it's, make me have traumatic memories. <laughs> no, it's crazy because we all ultimately want this sense of belonging. You know, we all mm-hmm. want to feel like we're connected and we have we feel loved, right? But how often do we find it in the wrong places? Like you said, we find it in negative spots. Like yeah. all uniting about making fun of little Liz and her Southern accent. They call you know? me Liz Wiener. Oh, that's so- <laughs> Kids are so creative. You know? I know they really are. Shout out to Tyson who came up with that one at the age of nine. But it all, but in general, like you're uniting about something and you're feeling like you have your posse and you're feeling like empowered by just connecting. It is also making you feel better, unfortunately. Yeah. While you're making at the somebody, of someone else. At the expense of someone else. And it's not until we get older or hopefully maybe we can start teaching our children and because it's human nature mm-hmm. really to start to our our human nature is to think negatively really our brains are wired to think negatively and we just need Probably to for protection from like a primal oh yeah standpoint yeah I imagine it's just trying to protect us or save us from harm you know but it's actually not our natural state yeah but our brain is wired to think that way i guess i just learned like in order to because as i changed myself to fit what people wanted me to be or, you know, expected in a friend, then that's when the issue stopped. Like for instance, I lost a lot of weight in a very unhealthy way over a summer. Um, like a lot of weight. And it was amazing how I was made fun of before I left school at the end of the year. And then came I came back, back yep. and all of a sudden I had a ton of friends. Yep. Like people were talking to me that had never talked to me before. And you know what? I'm like having these bells go off in my head. Hmm. Don't, do you think that's half of the reason why um, you put so much attention on health and fitness now? Because in that moment when you're younger, like that's one of your, that's one of the things we need to uncover and talk about, you know, like half of the reason we all focus so much on like our physique and all these things is because at some point in time, we were, like you said, we were all of a sudden interested and like interesting and people wanted to talk to us and boys wanted to look at us Mm -hmm. and why? In very formative years. Yep. That were, you know, your brain doesn't stop growing and thing. forming till like you're 21. I mean, like it takes a long time to get fully like you are an adult now in your mind. Mm-hmm. So eighth grade would have been well before then. I had the same thing too. Like I thought of myself as this short little like chunk. For a long okay, time. you say that, and I've never. I know you, you look I've seen at your pictures. pictures. Okay, but no, and then I, I thought of myself that about. I thought of myself as this person that I think I wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I had this messy, curly hair and it was a frizzy and I had glasses. And then all of a sudden, like some point of early high school, I like learned about mousse and a straightener. And And some makeup. I maybe grew an inch so that I was now 4'9 and not 4'8. And I like slimmed down a little bit. Profiling. Yeah. And I got more attention too, you know? And it felt good. Mm -hmm. And so after that, do you ever want to go back to feeling? No. And in some, like in some cases, I think it's good. Like we learn to be healthy and we learn, you know, well, sometimes we take it to extremes, I guess, for like body image. But 
I feel like everybody goes through that. I'm sure. But see, my question is why? So why do some people go through that and they come out on the other side okay? And then there are people like me that are like, okay, I'm going to be whatever people want me to be so that I don't have to go through that again. Like what? I want to know like, and then it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me. Oh my gosh. I do this to myself all the time. I came but with out different subjects. You know what though? But you just have had different life experiences. Like we talked about this. Like, I mean, I never moved, right? Right. Like, you moved and you had to protect yourself and you had to be the Liz that the non-Southern Liz that all, the, <laughs> you know, little kids wanted to see. And I just, didn't move. I went to the same elementary, middle school, high schools, all my friends. They all knew me for who I was, like the short little singing bubbly girl. They watched you grow. They watched all that with you. And not to say people weren't mean and bullied. Like everybody was bullied at some point in their life. But I feel like I didn't have to all of a sudden learn to be a new me. And not that you necessarily had to learn to be a new you, but that was your coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like you were a child. So that's what you chose to do. And you know what? That's what most children decide to do. Right. So then you just stuck with that. Like you just stuck with that. And it's not like you actively were like, I'm going to choose to give of my, not do what I need and just be fake and do what, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not fake. Fake's the wrong word. I know it's not, it isn't fake because I wouldn't do, like if there, if I had friends that were like, yeah, we're getting into Coke now. (laughs) I'd be like, um. Peace out, yo. Bye. (laughs) No rock candy for me. But if you can nose candy, rock candy, if What's you can, see, I don't even know. I'm so bad at drugs. You're so nose candy. I don't know. <laughs> We're clearly not into drugs not doing here. Cocaine. Yeah, not doing cocaine. Um, but yeah, I just think you kind of like just continued with that, and it just it helped you get through certain periods of your life. But see, she had this quote in the book that really like made me go, ah. Oh. When she said, there's more risk in hiding yourself and your gifts from the world than putting yourself out there because unexpressed ideas, opinions, and contributions don't go away. They fester and eat at our worthiness. So I basically have like- God, Brene. Brene. I got Liz inside of me, Mm -hmm. like all this stuff I haven't shared with people, you know, what I think about them or, you know, what I want to do with them or not want to do with them in terms of like social stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. And I'm keeping it to myself. Like, I want to be a homebody. I want to, you know, and it's hurting me. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the more I've um, kind of decided to focus and like going back to, are we being selfish, focusing on ourselves? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, absolutely not. I think the more that I've tried to kind of go off of this quote and just use my gifts and like be my true self, the more I've been happier. Do you feel like you are an authentic person? Like, um, I think I am working on becoming more authentic. Mm -hmm. I think for a long, so kind of when I had this like anxiety breakdown was I did not like feeling anxious. I did not like feeling uncomfortable. So I would just try and I would think something was wrong with me. Right. But nothing was wrong with me. It was okay to have these emotions. It was okay to feel. They were normal emotions. You're alive. That's right. a, good, a right. good sign. So I think like me, like realizing like, no, hey, I'm Nina. And today I'm feeling super anxious. Or like just saying like, this makes me uncomfortable. Or dealing with my little shame devils, you know? Mm-hmm. And just being honest and true about who I am. It's like a weight that's been lifted off of me. And again, I'm not perfect at it by any means. Like I still struggle with it every day. I feel like 
with this whole, we've both been focusing on wellness and just taking care of ourselves lately. And I think you you started it before me and I can definitely see, not that I'm comparing because we're different people. Absolutely. But I can see, I can see the progress you've made 100%. I, well, I found what works for me. <laughs> and I think I'm still exploring. I think mm-hmm. I'm just starting to like, dip my toe into the waters of all this stuff. I will preach this till the day I die, but meditation and yoga has been a game changer for me. And I used to not think meditation was something that was for me. And then all of a sudden I would sit down and like I would start at five minutes and then 10 minutes and then work my way up to 20 minutes. And I've, it just was a way to help me learn to get out of my mind and out of my body for a little bit and realize that there's a bigger picture. See, I struggle with meditation. What are your tips and secrets? Because I, I get super ADD and well, I've told you I fall asleep. Yeah. But, which you said yeah. is good. Well, but if I feel you're like, falling asleep, your mind is calm, you know? I guess. So I, okay. I have a couple YouTube channels that I am totally into. Boho Beautiful. She's amazing. And she has really good like 10 minute meditations. And I also started using the Calm app, which is a really That's awesome That's what I app. downloaded. With the crackling fire background. Yeah, I like the one where they're like in the mountains and there's rain and birds. But, um, and then I've like found certain uh, just YouTube channels that play music that I really connect with. But the more I research and learn about meditation, because I get the yoga journal every month Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of stuff about meditation in there. And I read repeatedly over and over and over again that it's so normal for your brain. Your brain is made to think right? Like it's made to have thoughts. It's made to have good, bad thoughts. Nope. Whatever comes in, not a big deal. That's what it does. And we, it's just training ourselves to be like, oh, hey, thought. Yeah. You're thinking that's fine. You mean nothing, you know, and like letting it go, which is easier said than done. To not judge. But it's not, yeah, it does not judge it. And it's not about not thinking. I mean, you can get to a state where you feel so peaceful that you are in this this spot of not, I don't know, of being in the present and not thinking about past, future, whatever. But it's really not about that. You don't have to be there to meditate. It's it's just becoming aware. That's exactly what it is. It's becoming aware. See, I struggle with, I fill the empty spaces in my life. Mm-hmm. Those, probably those spaces that would be good for meditation. And maybe you have tips on this, but I like, if I'm in a line, I don't like... I can't stand in the line and just be like, I'm here in the present line and I'm observing things around me. I'm like, got to get on my phone and do something. Yeah. Like I'm always, I think it's because I'm very future oriented. I'm like, got to do this. Gotta, I'm always on the go. Got to be bettering myself. Got to be, you know, whatever it is. That's because that's part of our personalities. <sighs> and that's why we're doing what we're doing because we're like, got to have new plans. Let's have a new goal. Let's talk about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of struggled with that too because I was like, how am I supposed to always be mindful and present in the given moment, but then also have goals and achieve things. And it's that being mindful and learning to, it's like I said, it's about being aware. It's about all of a sudden, if I'm worrying about my concert, for example, I can take a step back and be like, okay, that's a false word. That's an unrealistic worry, or it's an unnecessary worry. Because in the present moment, I'm sitting in the car right now, And I'm about to go have a beer with Cody because that's what we do every time my concert's over. And I don't need to worry about this right now. It's just like bringing back to that present moment. Like if you're standing in the line at Chipotle, you can just be like, 
I'm allowed to look at my phone right now if I want to. You know what I mean? Like right. there's nothing, not judging it. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to judge that. Or you can choose to like study the little holes in the wall on the left. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do about? love the holes in the wall on the left side. Sometimes I look Albany. at them and I'm just like, I count them. I don't know. Like I've been practicing ways to try and like just not stop my brain from thinking about too many things and focus on one thing. Yeah, because I think we both Some have super talked ADD about... Too. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we both talked about, in case you didn't get from our podcast, we probably suffer from undiagnosed ADD. And we found some coping mechanisms. Yeah. Just accepting that we're going to be a little ADD. But meditation has really helped me with that. And also, I'm going to add one more thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you get like this, but um, because I'm always like, go, 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 go. Like, this is how I am. And I have that like, you know, I'm a little Drive. bit genetically like, prone to just kind of being on the edge and like Mm -hmm. being a little bit anxious. I find that when I take five minutes, even just to sit at my desk and close my eyes. And all I do is I think like, breathe in two, three, four, breathe out two, three, four. And I usually, you're supposed to breathe out for a little bit longer than you breathe in. Mm -hmm. It calms my body just for a second. Like even if I do that for like a couple of minutes, I've just naturally relaxed my nervous system. And then it kind of preps me to keep doing what I'm doing. See, I feel like when you can take a second to do that, you perform whatever better at whatever you're doing. Because I think a lot of times, and I don't know if you find this with what you do in terms of work or anything, but when I'm like, go, 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 it's also where mistakes happen or you know, I forget things like that's all the time. That's that is me all where the I'm time. at when I am kind of in this absent-minded, just fly by the seat of my pants life. And that's why you think, you know, I can't. I don't have time to sit down and do this. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have time to sit down and meditate. And you I'm don't not have, gonna you can't lie. afford not to. Yeah, really, really, it is so true. If I could tell, you know, our listeners really anything is to at least try it. Give it a shot. You don't have to be sitting Indian style with your hands like over your knees, eyes closed. You know, I like to do that. I actually really enjoy that. But it can just be um, like, look it up. Look it up in any any magazine. You can be like mindfully eating, just like choosing to shut off everything and just focus on the smell of your food. Walking is where I, when I've done it, I was just going to say that you've probably done it and you don't even know you've done it. I walk Kobe and I just think about, can you meditate while listening to something? Yes. Because when I choose to be mindful in any way, listening to a podcast and walking the Cobes and just enjoying outdoor and, you know, the breeze if it's cooler. Like that's. So what are you doing? You're focusing on feelings. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on maybe smells. You're focusing on what you're hearing. And that's completely being present in the given moment. See, I kind of thought meditation required silence. No. Well, and I actually watched something. I really like Tony Robbins. Sometimes he's a little much for me. Mm -hmm. Have you listened to him at all? Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes he's a little much for me. But um, he talks about when he meditates, he, he said like, and quote, something like, I don't really know why I'd want to shut my brain off. You know, and that's what he said. So Hmm. what he does is he like puts his hand, one of the things he talks about is he puts his hands over his heart and then he thinks about, um, he thinks about his heart and like why he's appreciative of his heart. And then he thinks about a moment where his heart has felt truly full. And then you just connect to like this one part of you. Yeah. And he's thinking about things. For me, I feel like I try sometimes to get to a place where I'm not thinking just because I think way too much. So for me, that's something I try to do. Hmm. But 
I'll have to give all these a whirl. Can I give you a suggestion? Because I sure. think you might like it. You should do the body scan one because then you focus I, yeah. on, then you have something to focus on. Like, how does my nose feel? And yeah. how does my shoulders feel? And what's going on with my arms today? Yeah, I feel like I have to feel like I have some kind of purpose mm-hmm. or like direction to just be like in a room in silence. That is hard for me. Too ADD for it. <laughs> but again, we're all just on a journey to try and find what works it. for us. And I'm not no judging. judging. Um, yeah. So what else like in this book was just, I feel like when I was reading this book and I think you said this too, I kept doing things like, yes. And, mm-hmm, and I was like highlighting like crazy mm-hmm. just because there were so many things that spoke to me. You know, what's sad about this. I'll still do this on this episode, but the last episode I sang Pocahontas quite a bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. And now we haven't gotten there yet. I'll still sing it. I'll still sing Colors of the Wind. Um, there were so many things, like I know I said this earlier, that just came up organically in the last episode. I wish you guys could have just enjoyed it. Um, but one thing that Brene talks about is this whole like idea of joy and gratitude and happiness and feeling a sense of belonging. And that's where the Pocahontas, (laughs) that's where the Pocahontas references came in. You said something about we are all connected to each other. And I was like, in a circle, in a hoop that never ends. (laughs) Yeah, Pocahontas is on point. Like if you guys listen to the words of Colors of the Wind, she's on point. I almost went home after last night and made my Facebook religion status the Colors of the Wind lyrics. Like when I asked what your religion is, like pretty much everything I believe in life is in Colors of the Wind. So just break down these lyrics and you've got my religion. You've got my religion. But um, I really, really love how she talks about how everybody needs spirituality, but it doesn't have to be in the religion sense. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding, being connected in a hoop that never ends. And that something is, something's tying us all. Something is greater brings us together. than you and something. Yep. Yeah. There's a force of some kind. Is it God? Is it nature? Is it music? Is Whatever it the universe? It is. Whatever it is to you that brings us together in these little complex lives and allows us to grow and learn from each other and help each other and love each other. Yeah, because when you think about it, that's what helps you get outside of your body a little bit and just think like, you know what? There's something bigger than me. And there's something bigger than this concert woe I'm having right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And also everybody else is going through the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not just me. I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm human. And there are a million other people out there going through the same struggles and we're all in this together. She really emphasizes that it needs to be focused on love and compassion too. Mm -hmm. Like when you have this sense of belonging and this sense of like bigger connection, it needs to be focused on like where love and compassion come into play. Both for others and you too. Mm -hmm. Compassion and love for yourself. Yeah. I've really been like diving deep into these like really spiritual moments and just trying to decide like what they mean for me. Because I feel like that's kind of the key, you know? Spirituality? Yeah. I don't think you have to have the answers right now. I know. Gosh, that's just a part of who I am. I, I want You're like me. You want to know. I do. I want to be like, what's what's going to help me? But that's not what I need to do, right? It's not like, it's not like I need this answer and then I'm going to be happy or I need, you know, that's not 
how it works. Oh, I wish I could That's, find. There was a quote that she put in the book. Yes, I think I'm. I think I just. I can't remember that. it. It was something like people think that they need like X Y Z to be yes, happy, but yes. you need to be happy before you can have those things. It's reverse. Okay, I. It, she talks about happiness and joy, mm-hmm. and she says happiness is moments, right? Like I am happy because this went well. I'm happy because I'm eating a donut right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm happy because, you know, X, Y, Z. But happiness, it, it, it can come and go, right? But joy is this overall like umbrella to your life. Like I live in a state of joy and I'm not going to be happy all the time. And sometimes I'm going to be sad, but I still have had this like feeling and this sense of something bigger than me and something greater. And I, you know, and you don't have to let the negative parts get to you as much because you have this like overarching sense of joy. And And you need that negative. I mean, as much as you, yeah, absolutely. And as much as you don't like the negativity in order to sustain that sense of joy, you wouldn't understand it or be able to appreciate it, appreciate it if you didn't have those negative things that have happened to you. Yeah, she, she So be grateful for the the trials and tribulations, I guess, in some way, because you're able to experience that level of joy and happiness. Because she says that fear and sadness or times of hardship are actually super, super connected to joy. It makes me think of, you know, you talked about how the, the closely related nature of two emotions that you think mm-hmm. are super different. It makes me think of in my marriage counseling... Um, our minister said, if you say that you hate someone, that's actually not a bad sign because hate and love are so closely related. They're like cousins, Mm -hmm. but it's when you get into apathy and not caring, like, I don't care what you do. I don't care. That's when you need to start getting worried. So if you're actually feeling these strong negative, like, oh, I hate when you do this. I'm so mad at you. That's not a bad sign because it means you can also feel the flip side and you still have love. Well, you have to, in order to love and in order to be happy, you have to appreciate and you have to understand the opposite, Mm -hmm. right? Because how would you know? Yeah. How would you know? I have this book called The Seven Principles of a Happy Marriage, and I just started reading it since, you know, I just got married like this past summer. Question mark? Yeah, recommend. But I just started reading it, and the things that you were saying— your minister was completely right. He was saying like in, in happy couples, he sees like the dynamic, but like happy couples argue. Like it's just- It's a hard fact because you see everyone else holding hands and you're I like, know. I you and you're like, I bet they don't argue the way we argue, but they totally do. That's why the social, that's why we're so flipping hard on ourselves because we compare ourselves and you know what? They're not being completely authentic. They can't, I mean- Here's the deal. When I post a happy picture of me and Cody, I'm usually pretty happy. I'm, pu- I'm happy in that photo I'm posting, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm also not posting like about the fight I got into with him no, yesterday, you know? We don't want to, A, I think sometimes people over, maybe I shouldn't judge people on social media. I should, I, I'm trying really hard to limit my judgments. It's a struggle for me. Same. Um, I think it's because I have high expectations of myself. I like transfer those expectations on other people. But, some people put too much on social media. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear if you and your boyfriend got into a screaming, you know, drag down fight. Yeah, it's kind of hard because I'm on one side, we're like, everybody's just posting about why they're so awesome and the happiness in their lives. And I actually really do love learning and mm-hmm. seeing these things about people. 
But if they posted all of the depressing things about their life, would I probably want to be like, unfollow. Don't really want to see this all the time. So we're being hypocritical telling people to be their authentic selves. Like, should we be... I think there's a difference between what should go on social media and what we need to talk to as humans trying to live better lives. Yeah, I would agree. Because we kind of talked about our friends and like who we have in our lives that Mm -hmm. we can be our true authentic selves. And I think we just need to find those people and we need to have these discussions and we need to be open and honest about them so that we can all just grow. I don't need to necessarily post about these things the on social need media. To know, I guess. Because the world can know. Like if they want to listen to us, world, listen. I'll tell we'll you. Air I'll, all t- dirty laundry. <laughs> I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. But no, I just, I was really fascinated with the whole joy being super connected to feelings of sadness. We talked about, I mean, I've heard you talk about Colorado before and that experience that you had. Well, see, and the thing is like, you know how we all talk about when we find that somebody else has felt these same things as us that we don't feel as quote unquote crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a feeling of belonging. It always Mm -hmm. comes back to. So I had this moment where I was in Colorado where I was hiking with Cody. We were on, I don't know, a ton of miles, like 15 miles. Like we went a long way. And I was just, I had this sense of so much joy. I was so, it was a truly like meditative experience. You know, I had this feeling of like, this is beautiful and I don't want this feeling to go away. But then what happened? My brain was like, what if it goes away? What if you're not going to be happy? What, like when that, when I have these strong emotions and I don't know if anybody else does this, Brene Brown does because she wrote about it in her book. And that's why I. Do you think it's your body trying to protect you from being disappointed? Yes, I think that's what happens. And that's why we need to get comfortable with these conversations because it's our body trying to protect me from- The hurt. The hurt. That ending, which it will because we don't live in Colorado. Right. But also at the same time, that shouldn't kill my overall sense of joy and happiness in life, right? And again, I told you it even happened on the wedding day. I was so- like overwhelmed and so like grateful for all the people that were there and like so many family and friends. But then my brain would be like, what if you disappoint them? Yeah. Or like, what if something like, what if you're not happy? You know, like these weird thoughts. And it's just, again, like, I think it's learning that those thoughts aren't real, right? It's not a reflection of who we are and they can come and go, which is what meditation has done for me, has to help me understand that I'm not my thoughts. Like your mirror saying. Like my mirror. I have, yeah. I'm Okay. Shout out to Catherine. I think it's Budig. I think it's Catherine Budig. But she wrote a book called Aim True. And it's all about, you know, yoga and meditation and healthy eating. And I got it. And it's awesome. But um, she said an exercise is to write on your mirror quotes that inspire you. So I have, you are not your thoughts. And um, I think my other quote is like, you are doing the best you can today. Just little things that I see when I get ready in the morning, just to kind of like a mantra to hold with me throughout my day. I've heard, um, what book was I reading? Oh no, it was, I think I might be misquoting, but I'm a big fan of Amy Smith at the Joy Junkie. She has a podcast and a super wonderful ebook that I forced you to listen to in the oh, car. Oh my gosh, about, I loved that. It's all e-book. about saying no to people. Um, you know serving yourself first and not letting the needs of others overshadow your own needs, which is what obviously I've been going through for mm-hmm. my life. Um, so it's really, it really speaks to me, but I think it was her that said, 
you know, wherever you can stick an inspirational message that's going to make you feel good about yourself, stick it there. Like desktop background, get your inspirational notebook, get your anywhere you're looking and interacting that you're going to have a reminder of how you're a beautiful, wonderful person and you should celebrate it. Like do it to it. You know what I've struggled with? Bathroom mirrors included. Yeah. You know what I've struggled with is, so I do that a lot. So like my bathroom mirror, for example, or at work, I have this board and I have a quotes book that I read from every day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll like post the quotes on my bulletin board. And um, my like my background desktop is something like, be the true you. Like silly, like little things. But then when I do fall, because there is going to be ups and downs in life, right? Mm-hmm. So when I get to a point where I'm feeling down or I'm feeling negative or I'm just feeling not on top of my game, I get defensive. I'm like, I'm doing everything right. I did yoga. I meditated today. I have a quotes book, damn it. Like what's wrong? You know, does that ever happen to you? Am I just crazy? No, I mean, I definitely feel like I've gone through that. I Sometimes I do the thing where I get overwhelmed and I like list off my life. And I'm like, you have an MBA and you've been doing this work for this long and you're married and you live here and you know, all, I should be, mm-hmm. that should that should. That's what gets Rearing you. its ugly head. But here, what does it all come back to? Just not being hard on yourself. You should You're doing be the best you. you. You are doing the best you can. And I just, I just made a super connection in my mind right now. What is it? <laughs> Tell me the light bulb. Gratitude. It is literally all about... Literally. Literally. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Sorry. Chris Trevor. <laughs> literally. Um practicing gratitude because in moments like that, when I start to talk to myself like that, I can just be like, you know what? Stop. You're in an, you're in your cute office at a job that you actually enjoy and you have all of these wonderful things in life. So even though- And so many people don't have those things and they're not able to even get to the step where they're trying to better themselves because they can't eat or they don't have a home. You know, that's what I, I, I've done the same thing. Like- when I start beating myself over something, beating up myself over something stupid, I'm like, look at your life and how you live in one of the, you know, a, a really wonderful country where you have healthcare. And I think the really important thing to remind ourselves is also like, yes, right now, while we're not going through anything, it's super easy to tell ourselves to do that and to yes. practice gratitude. And I think the main takeaway for me at least, is knowing that the more I practice these things, making sure your cup isn't full. Like, so when we get our cup of like anxiety and stress and worry full, then it's just going to overflow once something happens, right? But if Mm -hmm. we're doing all of these things, like practicing gratitude throughout the day or doing our yoga or doing our meditation or doing whatever it is that you like to do, whether that's reading a book and like choosing not to go out and like appease people that you don't want to appease, your cup will stay at this nice level where like, you have all these tools to not get to that point where you're just, what am I trying to say? Where you're just like beating yourself over and doing the shame cycle. Mm-hmm. Or you can get yourself out of that shame cycle quicker. Yeah, because there's enough room there to accommodate. Right. In the cup. In the cup. The cup of life. Yeah, so I guess moving on to questions now. Yeah. Because we have them. Woohoo! Yay. Um, please Can I encourage you all as you listen to this and once we're live on October 1st, so this will be after that date, please send us questions. Send them to us on social media. Email us at wineandshinepodcast at gmail.com. 
um, you know, we'll post on social media what our upcoming shows are going to be about. And we would love for you to pose some questions for us to try to answer. Yeah. I our... think it really helps us too, just to hear what's going on with you guys and to kind of come up with what we think might be helpful answers yeah. for you. So our first question, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm sure I would love to get into more detail on it. So Amanda in Columbus says, I struggle with negative self-talk a lot, which affects how I think about myself in all areas of my life. How do I go about stopping myself from having that negative dialogue in my head? So hmm. I want to say that I think I hear first you, Amanda. of all, girl, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I want to say that first of all, I think we start by acknowledging that it's okay to have that negative dialogue in your head. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's nothing wrong with you for having that negative dialogue. No, because I think, you know, you said something the other day and I was like, no negative self-talk. But I think by beating ourselves up about having negative self-talk makes it worse. That's still a negative behavior. Mm -hmm. You're you're being down on yourself for, for doing a certain way uh, or doing a certain thing. So yeah, being aware is for sure the first step. And then how do you get yourself from stopping? That's where I think you need to find your practice, whatever that is for you. So like, is it meditating? Is it yoga? Is it just deciding to say, I am aware that I'm having this negative thought. And then you have to get to that point where you decide that it's, that it's not going to bother you. Like, is it journaling? Is it, what are you going to do to get all of these feelings out? So that way, when the negative self-talk starts, it doesn't sting you as bad. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it starts, the point A is, I think, I think, don't feel bad when it happens. And then Absolutely. awareness is the next step. Like, don't even do anything yet with addressing the negativity. Like, just be able to be like, that was a negative thought. Mm-hmm. That was a negative thought. And just identify when you have it that that's what it is because, instead of letting it become your view of yourself. Because you know what happens? You separate. Well, when you're not separating, and this is what I'll do, I'll, and I think. Lee, we've talked about this before. My best friend, Lee, we talk about this kind of stuff a lot, but like you'll catch yourself thinking about that negative thought hours later mm-hmm. or like even a day or two later. You know what I mean? It's just because your your subconscious just goes and goes and goes. And when you finally can say, okay, stop. And then you have to find a replacement behavior to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have to find a replacement behavior to say, I'm having this thought. I don't want to, and I know that I can control it. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge as meaning you are in control. Right. And then say, what am I going to do instead? I'm going to cook something or I'm going to shift my, I don't know if it's happening when you're at work, you just have, that's. Or maybe just do something that you're good at. If you are Boost feeling. your self-esteem. Yeah, whatever you think is going to distract you from that negativity and also make you feel good about yourself in some way. So you're substituting a negative behavior with a positive one. Yeah, I guess Amanda, just knowing that it's normal and that I do it and everybody does it and just knowing that when you have that thought, it is not a reflection of who you are at all. No. And that way, hopefully it won't, like I said, sting as much. Yeah. Um, We have a question from Kelly in Columbus as well. She says, my field is dominated by women. And with that, I'm placed in a category of a certain type of woman because of what I do. Looking back, I sometimes wonder if I chose my career because of feedback of the type of woman I am. And she puts in parentheses, strong, outspoken, independent, et cetera. Or if I truly wanted to do this line of work, what can I do to do my best in my job without feeling pressure to live up to the type of personality I am? 
That's so hard. Because Loaded, I, Kelly. I do the same thing because I think choir director equals bubbly, happy, musical, like super caring and compassionate person, which like Kelly, Kelly is saying, I, I do believe that some of my qualities, you know, mm-hmm. like we, like- They like, predispose you to, to follow a certain path. Right. So Kelly, like you have these wonderful things about your personality and you did choose a career that is, you know, woman dominated and that maybe you felt like that's where you needed to go because those were the things you were good at. But it's okay that you explored that route, you know, but it's also okay to know that that might not be the only thing you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, keep it open. I say go you for saying, okay, this is a strength of mine. I mean, some people can't even do that. Some people can't even identify like, this is my strength. So not only did she identify what she was good at and the kind of attributes that made her a strong employee in this field, but then she said, okay, I identify my strengths and now I'm going to choose a position that's suited to my strengths. Mm -hmm. I mean, so good for her for trying to, you know, not make herself be something she's not. I, I think she's being very authentic in celebrating who she is and following a line of work that supports that instead of, you know, chips away at it. I agree. But now that I'm looking at this question closer, I kind of see what, like she said, what can I, what can I do to do my best in my job without feeling pressure to live up to the type of personality I am? And I think I know exactly what she's feeling in this moment where like, sometimes you don't want to be bubbly and sometimes you don't want to be happy. And you know what? Maybe that is part of my personality or part of her personality or whatever, but how do you live up? Like that exhausts you. Do you know what I mean? To feel feel, like you have to constantly be those things that she listed. Yeah. And it's kind of the feeling you said when you feel like you're just um, doing what somebody wants to do for the convenience, but then you come back home and like you've exhausted yourself. Mm -hmm. Like how, and you know what I think the answer is, is I think it's knowing that it's okay and that we're all human and that some days we're going to come home from work and we're going to say, you know what? I wasn't my perfect bubbly, you know, self and outspoken independent woman today. And that's okay. And if we get down on ourselves, like this is connecting to Amanda's question. Mm -hmm. If we get down on ourselves and think like all of those thoughts are just a reflection of who we are, then we're going to drag that into the next day. We're going to, and we're going to become, we're going to be part of our work. It's going to be part of our working environment. We're going to create a false story about ourselves. I love your false story example. I'm going to take it in my life and use it all the time. I don't remember where I heard it. I think you said it was a podcast. Yes. It was a guest on a podcast. Oh, can I do- I had to close my eyes right now to remember. (laughs) To remember. I feel like a medium. Uh, It was a podcast. Quick shout out to the Lori Harder podcast, um, Find Your Happy. I was listening to it the other day and she was interviewing someone named Zach Slobin. I think it's Slobin. But um, he just kept saying like, we develop these false- beliefs and false stories about ourselves, which could be to protect us. Or it's just like you said, it's just like a way we've kind of grown up. And then, but none of it's, none of it's true. And none of it's perception. It's perception. And so like thinking that we're the strong, outspoken, independent woman is a part of who we are, but that's not all of who we are. And if we don't live up to that and we believe that's our story, then we're going to, we're set up to fail, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're human. And we're not going to live up to those things at all times. Yeah. Good questions, friends. Good job. Please send us more because these are deep. I love the answer. I love answering questions too. 
because it helps me learn. It helps me think of things and that I never would have thought of before. Well, I struggle with less so, I think, Kelly's question. Um, I'm sure I do to an extent, but I mean, Amanda's definitely. Like, I sometimes think I don't have a positive self-talk. I can't remember the last time I was like, you go, Liz. Get a girl. You rock. Mm-hmm. I don't tell myself that ever. Mm-hmm. It's either neutral and I'm not thinking you know about why? it. It's because it makes us feel like we're being selfish. It does. And it like I'm being feel- cocky. Yep. And I pride myself on being a very humble or trying to be a very humble, you know, giving person and to be like, it's all about me. I'm going to focus on me. But in order to be happy and in order to give people your best self, you need to love yourself. And I know it's sad because I I think I talked about this on our podcast that did not get recorded. (laughs) The infamous Um, podcast that never aired. I know that people go through different life experiences. Right. And like, there's things that happen that just cover up this like true part of ourselves that's able to just love ourselves and it's able to be open and it's able to just live a life of joy and happiness and life happens and situations happen and people go through different, you know, stories. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just once we know that things have covered up that part of us and Like we just need to work on unleashing our vulnerabilities and work on practicing our happiness and practicing all of these concepts that this book has talked about. Like, I think all of these things will be easier to do. If there's one thing, and you just got me thinking about this. If there's one thing that I want our listeners to take away today from this whole podcast, it's that you're never too far gone to start this kind of practice. Oh my gosh. I thought I was this year. I really did. I thought I was like too far gone. I was like, what's wrong with me? But slowly and surely, just you crawled out. I crawled out. And that was all you. And you know why? Because that honestly is our natural state of being. I'm getting super yoga on everybody, but it is like that's our natural state of being is to be in a place of joy. And again, are we still going to get angry? Yes. Are we still going to have bad days? Absolutely. Are we still going to have negative self-talk? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's, but that's life. And it's learning to know that that is not the true you. And that you can always get back to this place of gratitude, happiness, and joy if you really, really want to. And I think you do it with Mm self-awareness and you do it with creating a tribe of people that will help you. If that's a therapist. Yes. Oh my gosh. You uh, cannot do it on your own. Whatever. Whoever you need to put you in that position of success. If you need to go to a church, go to get a church. To church. If Whatever you need helps. to get a therapist, please get a therapist. If you need to just get together with your gals and have some coffee and know that you are not alone, get together with your... I do a combination of everything. All of the above. <laughs> don't, absolutely, don't, don't come inward. I mean, I know it's all about self-exploration, but don't retreat from people because I think that connection is really what helps. And I also want to say that I know it's easier. I've said this a lot of times today, I think, but I know it's easier said than done when you are not in that place. Oh yeah, because right now we're talking about it. We're not in there. We're Mm -hmm. feeling great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We ran in a downpour today. We're feeling rejuvenated. But you know what? I think it's just the more we try these things and the more we support each other and the more that we all talk about these concepts and know that we 
<laughs> are all connected in a hoop that never ends. In a circle. <laughs> in a hoop that never ends. The more... How high does the sycamore grow? If you cut it down, then you'll, you'll never, never know. know. And I'll never hear the wolf cry to the blue corn moon. <laughs> I think the more, like I said, the more we practice these ideas, the more it's the more we grow in knowing that when we're in a place where we maybe don't feel like getting out of bed or when we're in that place for a month, a week, I mean, like a week, a month, a year, I don't know. Like, and we get in these like really low points, knowing that we felt, we felt like the sense of contentment and balance and joy at some point, And it is always there. Because if you, they're connected. And if you can feel the pain that you're feeling, that you, you may be feeling now. feel the joy. Absolutely. Because how would you know you're in pain if you haven't felt the joy? <laughs> Brene Brown. Go Brene, be our best friend. <laughs> um, guys, for real, I know we talked about a lot of different topics today, but this is a great read and I totally recommend it. Um, even if you're not struggling with stuff, like if you're awesome and you've got it, I will still I pick up this book. Great. You can get something, you can get a little bit of knowledge from pretty much anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess... We're done this episode too. But um, as always, we're going to tell you where to go to connect with us because we're all about connection today. Um, Please visit our website and blog at wineandshinepodcast.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave reviews. Like we want feedback. We want to know your questions. We want to know your thoughts, what you want. Be super honest. Like if you think, you know, Nina rambles way too much and talks about stuff that I don't care about, (laughs) write it down. If you think we're two stars, Put it down because we truthfully want to keep doing this because we really, really enjoy it. And if there's anything we can do to get better, um, we want to know. So yeah, review us on iTunes and subscribe to our page. And hit us up on Instagram at Wine and Shine Podcast. You can search for us on Facebook at um, Wine and Shine Podcast. That'll bring us right up. We now have Snapchat we added yesterday. Um, So Wine Shine Pod because it limits the number of characters to 15. I couldn't spell it out. Um, <laughs> Everything boo. wine and shine, you'll find us. Wine, wine and shine. shine, wine shine pod, you'll and find us. And of course our email, um, send us questions. Just send us some love. Say, hey, we'll talk. Uh, that's wine and shine podcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions related or unrelated to the topics we'll be discussing and we'll post these things on Instagram, like our future concepts. Ooh, Danny. Calling in. Decline. Not to ask. A I love question. you, but declining you. <laughs> that is so funny that like somebody called in. The lines are blowing up. Um, but yeah, just pop us a question or a comment or whatever. Um, yeah. So anyway, we will catch you guys next time. And thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. <laughs>